GAA Sports Desk. Brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin. Welcome to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. In studio this evening, Suzanne Parker and myself, Peter Brannigan, and we begin as ever by thanking Hugh and the Live Drive team for getting you home safely this evening. Live Drive returns to air tomorrow morning at 7am. Now we've got a packed show coming up over the next hour or so. Later we're going to be hearing from Dublin Ladies Football Selector Circa Farley. She's going to be speaking about their victory over Westmead at the weekend. And we're going to be hearing from the Secretary of Dublin Camogie, Brendan Cooper. Before that we're going to be looking back on victories for the men's footballers and for the hurlers over the weekend. Victories over Roscommon and Leash respectively. And we're going to be getting the views of Conor McKeown, Brian Talty and Andy Cunningham over the next hour or so. We're also going to be hearing from Dublin footballer Brian Howard. He was speaking about Usheen Langan recently at the launch of the AIB Future Sparks event. Remember, if you want to contact us in the studio here, you can, as ever, the text line 087-977-1032. We have a Facebook page, GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM, or you can email us, GA Sports Desk at dublincityfm.ie. But we're going to begin in Dr. Hyde Park last Sunday, Dublin defeating Roscommon on a scoreline of 214-112. to A very exciting game for maybe 50 or 55 minutes before Dublin ran out winners in the end. And afterwards, I spoke with Dubs manager Jim Gavin. Jim, it was a strong second half performance there to come from a couple of points down and, and win, I suppose, relatively comfortably in the end. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're, we we had a strong performance throughout the game. Um, you know, we came to Dr. Hyde Park and had great respect for us, Common. Um, we've met them uh, in a lot of games over the last number of years, 21s and, and uh, uh, 21s and seniors as well. So we know what they can bring and. Uh, you know, we had to get a performance today to get two, two points, and I thought we got that. And in terms of the finish, I mean, you finished strongly. You know, when they went two points ahead, I think around the 40-minute mark, uh, you then kind of stepped to the level, got the goal, and were able to control the game thereafter. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as you say, they uh, they got they went ahead by two points in the second half, and um, you know, great test for our the Dublin character and I suppose the desire of the Dublin players, and I thought they responded to that really well. And um, <coughs> you know, so we 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 we, uh, we finished strongly, but um, you have to say that the conditions. Um, and the, you know the pitch that was excellent, and I'll compliment to, to, to Ross Common County Board for that. It's uh, you know the, the game itself was a great, the environment that we played in today was a great test of both both uh, players' skill set, and I thought both both sets of players responded really well. Had some fantastic feeling, some passing moves, great defending. Um, I thought it was a great, uh, I suppose, from the news perspective, probably a good game to watch. No panic at the break. Obviously, Ross Common had that real good purple patch with the goal, but you weren't rated at halftime. Not just like Roscommon, from our perspective, a really classy side, and um, it's not a surprise that they can they can get these scores, you know. So um, it's probably I suppose in some ways what we expected coming up to Doctor Hyde Park, and uh, that's what you, that's, that's what the level you put Roscommon at, you know, that they're they're in Division One and, and, and play, you know, are well, well capable of those scores on the board. But um, you know, again, we just reset the guys at halftime, and uh, not much was said to them. They, they I, th- I thought they were they were trying really hard, and I thought collectively. Um, there's some great attacks and some great defending, and um, uh, that was consistent throughout the game, no matter who we, had, who we had on the pitch. Jim has then asked about the decision to start Stephen Cluxton. Yeah, just late in the week, um, 
you know, he's just back with us now. The speed is third week back. Um, Evans done really well um, in the games that he's played, and it's just trying. But with, with obviously the game, the games now are, are rapidly ending for us. Uh, just going two two games now, Tyrone and, and Cavan. So um, we just need to get players on the pitch now, and, and before they break for the for the, for the month of April, to go back to the club, so we won't see them for for a long time. Um, so just trying to trying to spread that out amongst the player group. And finally, Jim was asked about injuries. Uh, he was asked about Philly McMahon second, but first up, he was asked if there was any issue with Kieran Kilkenny, who was taken out of the starting team just before throwing. No, we're just just pushing the, the push again, pushing get the game time around. Um, you know, it's good to have Kieran back, um, but we've we've a, we've a you know we've a, we've a big squad of players and. and a lot of players are, are, are really hungry for game time. So we're just trying to, as I said, with the games now running out for us, with two games to go, we're just trying to get as much game time to people as, as, as much as we can. Philly uh, would have played with his club this morning and uh, hopefully we'll see him back soon. And Jim there speaking about Philly McMahon. Now, just this afternoon, uh, the Dub Zone emails would have been sent out. So if you're subscribed to them, the uh, county board emails, you'll have seen there's actually an article about Philly McMahon just went up this afternoon. And he has apparently returned to full-time training. And as Jim was saying, he played a match on Sunday morning. That was for uh, Ballymun Kickups against Thomas Davis in the AFL1. Uh, so he is back on the pitch. The issue was with a hand injury. Uh, and he was out of action for about two and a half to three months. If you head over to DublinGA.ie, uh, you will get that article in full but great to have Philly McMahon back and hopefully he'll be back in blue quite shortly now after the game I also heard from Anthony Cunningham of course Anthony had been involved with Pat Gilroy last year in terms of the Dublin hurling management team but he was asked for his reaction to the defeat on Sunday yeah disappointing in the second right. half mm-hmm. uh, you know I have to credit the guys for a tremendous first half and uh, well, well worth our position at half time um, you know a bit disappointed with the second half didn't get to the levels we wanted to and Dublin Dublin or Dublin, you know they're an outstanding team, and no matter who they've on the pitch, you know they're, they're brilliant footballers and play to a brilliant system, and uh, that's the level we want to get to. Um, disappointed with the result um, because I thought we had a super chance down here today, um, but loads to work on. As I said, that's the type of game and the way we want to continue to play. But uh, there's no point doing it for the first 35. You've, we've got to learn and uh, go the next uh, piece of the mile, really, and. Uh, yeah, for us, we're disappointed, but uh, there's a lot there to work on, and uh, the lads are, you know, we, we were often proud of the guys. Um, solid base there, but um, a lot of work in progress. I had a couple of good chances here at the start of the second half and didn't convert them, and they'll punish you. And, uh, you know, conditions were tough, and a lot of running, and, you know, fitness levels probably. They're a team that have played the All Ireland finals for the last, <laughs> you know, 10 years. Uh, a, a huge amount of them are playing there, and uh, they've, they have that those fitness levels behind them. Uh, but somewhere we want to get to. Anthony was then asked how he thought the league was going for Ross Common. We're going to have to build on but we're fighting for our lives. Um, you know, hopefully Galway are true and other teams are true. <laughs> um, but for us, it's going to be some battle down at Pierce Stadium. Um, we're going to be ready for it. It's next Saturday week. We have to win our last two matches um, and uh, that's, that's the concentration points for the weekend. The learning points from today we'll take with us and work hard for the week ahead. And uh, next Saturday week, look forward to, to the challenge in Galway. And finally, Anthony was asked for his view on the Dublin team at the moment. Well, the big advantage if you're with a team that it keeps getting to an All Ireland final is that the panelists uh, know the system, 
they know how to play their, their, their A versus B games and I know this from last summer and last spring and might, might have been close enough to, to, to the way they play it has been you know the, probably the most competitive games they're going to get so you have you have 30-35 players who know you know the system and, and uh, that's, that's, that's invaluable really for, for the top teams we've seen that over teams football teams and, and other teams over the years that the bigger the more All-Irelands you get to the stronger your panel is going to get and they, because they've trained right through the summer or every summer um, so they've, they've no shortage of, of uh, players that are going to be household names to replace maybe some of the guys we've seen today and do they have areas that are weak I mean do you target a part of Dublin when they're coming down or is it just thinking about your own team <laughs> it's very hard to pick holes in Dublin um, for sure but uh, they've been outstanding ambassadors and it's quite a lot of you know you, you get a lot of comment about Dublin but they've been brilliant and they've brought the, the game to a new level and, and, and let everybody stand back and applaud that and it's up to everybody else to get, to get that level and that is Roscommon manager Anthony Cunningham now somebody who got a bit of game time on Sunday was Brian Howard uh, earlier on this week he was speaking at the launch of AIB Future Sparks event and he caught up with commentator Ushin Langan there you came off the bench against Roscommon yesterday in Dr Hyde Park it was a win for Dublin but not an easy one and I presume those are the kind of games that you actually take maybe a lot more from than, we'll say, games that you kind of are dominant and win pretty easily. Yeah, exactly. Um, yesterday was a very tough game. We went in level at time, and they took the lead early on in the second half by two points. So so we showed great character to come out with a win at the end, and it's not an easy place to go. Roscommon are flying at the moment, and they're a serious team. But um, yeah, you do. You learn a lot from from the losses, and obviously very tight games. You can pick up little little bits of uh, valuable information. But um, yeah, there's, it is a great opportunity when you do not great opportunity, but when you lose a game, there is so much positives and negatives to take, and the negatives you can really work on and develop going forward. At this time of year, what are you looking for from your own game? Are there specific things, or do you kind of let let Jim and the coaching staff tell you that, and then you go off and work on it? There's obviously aspects of my game that I need to improve on and coming from last year into this year there is stuff that mightn't have been going as well as previous years but but now it's sort of just getting getting games under your belt and become more and more confident and asking for for advice from, from the team just as much as the, the management because the team at the end of the day are the ones that are playing and they might see a bit more than management from actual playing point of view so it's just being coachable at this time of the year is, is very important for me. And do you feel kind of individually like you're you're warming up and you're getting into it because I suppose for Dublin you had a bit of a slow start and that's perfectly understandable because obviously you went right up until the final last year, a lot of guys involved in the thick of it with their clubs and then you had your team holiday. And you can't kind of go hell for leather all the time. You do have to have that rest and maybe sometimes that leads to a slow restart. Yeah, there's obviously times of the year where it's it's downtime and you can you can focus on other things other than, than football because life does go on. But but now there's there's obviously the more games you play, the more momentum you pick up, and we did get off to to a poor enough start. But credit where credit's due, Monaghan and Kerry they're serious teams, and and we we knew they were going to be tough. We knew it wasn't going to be a walk in the park, and and just showed they they put up a serious fight and, and got what they deserved at the end of the day. But now the more games we play, we'll we'll hopefully pick up on on other stuff and hopefully work because there is a lot obviously to be to be um, developed on. Yeah, and I think at this time of year, there's no panic about that, is there? You know, you're not kind of worried about it. It's nice to be winning games again, but again, it's it's not a worry or panic if you're not. No, there's obviously because it's so competitive now. Other than Kerry, um, they haven't lost yet, but 
all the other teams like the six yeah just three of us on six points now and and it's a great spectacle when these teams are coming up against each other and it's just i know kerry and dublin there was a from all reports it was a great great game and from watching from the outside but but yeah, there's obviously things that you have to be be aware of, and and losing two games isn't ideal for us. But but it's just at that, that time of the year that not that you can lose the matches, but but there's not as much pressure on than there would be in championship. Yeah. How does the term five in a row sit with you at this time of year? Do you like hearing it? Do you not like hearing it? Do you want to ignore it? How do you feel personally about it? No, you obviously have to acknowledge that it, that is a massive year. There is the opportunity to win five in a row, but but from being on the team for the last two years, it's the same mentality and approach that there has been for three and four so and that continued on into five so it is something that that's there but we don't pay any attention to it. we just have a job to do and whether that is to win five in a row or if it's 20 in a row it's just something that that we have to go after game by game and hopefully get the result and that's the thing isn't it you mentioned there yourself this is only what your third year in the panel so it's not the same group of players who kind of started this run a lot, some are still there but there's an awful lot of churn after happening in that last couple of years so it's kind of a mix of players and that's a good thing I guess oh yeah it is a good thing and, and fresh legs coming in and obviously some of the other lads have, have left since the start of this run but but having new lads come in freshen things up and, and you can see all the new lads that have come in in the last recent years have really set down a marker and, and it is good having, having competition four places is obviously a strong trait to have within the Dublin Jazz Room as is all the other counties um, so, so having new lads coming in, freshening things up is is very key. Yeah. What are the aims for you now for the rest of the league? Um, just we've two tough games coming up. We've Tyrone in in Crow Park, and then a tough place to go down in Cavan and uh, to Breffney. But so where that leaves us is is unknown at the moment. But so we have to focus on each game at a time, and then if that leads us to a league final, it does. If it doesn't, we just have to look at look forward to the Leinster Championship. One thing I always get when I'm talking to any of this current Dublin panel you really seem to enjoy being Dublin footballers you really seem to enjoy being around this panel it's not kind of I know the work is hard and you have to give this an awful lot of dedication but it doesn't seem to be a kind of a drag on you it doesn't seem to be a weight on you no it's such a privilege to play with which county whether that's any team it's obviously a massive privilege to play with Dublin especially such a good time in football um, in Dublin football but um, previously I know the lads when they weren't winning it was still an honour to play with Dublin and, and it has been and for me to represent Dublin is a great honour personally and for like some family and friends that is having someone there that they can relate to is a big key but no there wouldn't be just not extended pressure on us yeah. but, but it is nice to represent um, Dublin yeah. on behalf of the people and indeed, Brian Howard, somebody who's represented Dublin very well uh, since he's come into the senior squad over the last few years. As I say, they were speaking at the launch of the AIB Future Sparks Festival, which is taking place on March 14th at the RDS. Over 7,500 senior level students were there last year, uh, so it promises to be a great event. If you want more information, log on to aib.ie forward slash future sparks. Now, to get a view on the state of Division 1 football at the moment, I caught up with our regular contributor, Brian Salty. Dublin certainly growing into this league campaign. Uh, they were certainly put to the pin of their collar in, uh, in Dr. Hyde Park for 40 or maybe 45 minutes, and then they gradually began to turn the screw and, and they got the victory in the end. Yeah, they certainly did, Peter, you know, and uh, 
I suppose Jimmy would be happy enough with the with the performance as well, and I suppose the performance of the likes of young uh, young Gavin in the middle of the field. So, um, you know, these are the things that they want to get out of the league, I suppose, or to get. Uh, one or two young fellas coming through that they can add on to the panel and somebody who's going to make a difference, uh, particularly in positions that they need a player, you know. So uh, they'd be very happy with it. You know, they they didn't play that well, to be honest with you. I suppose the two goals, uh, as we used to say in the old days, were fluky enough, you know. Uh, but uh, in the end, I suppose, well taken. But, um, you know, it, it was good to see Roscommon put up that fight. But you'll always get that fight from Roscommon in, in Hyde Park. And, um no, I suppose that's what Jim and the lads want is are good good challenges so that you know they can they can find out find a, a new little bit of talent that you know they can add on to the squad. And I suppose we look at uh, the players. You know, there's talk today of Philly McMahon being back in training, and obviously Clucko got game time at the weekend. So obviously Jim is is well. He, he won't talk about getting to a league final obviously until it possibly happens. But that'll be a nice game to target. It's likely Kerry would be there, and it'd be a great test to get early in the season to take on Kerry in the form they're in. Well, I suppose that's the thing, you know, Peter. It's just it, all these games bring you on a lot, and you know, the, probably the, these good challenges are better than than actually, uh, you know, maybe five or six training sessions. So I'm sure they're delighted with the the challenge Ross Common put up the last day, and you know, the the challenge they got from Monaghan and it was a big one, and then you know, Kerry uh, winning that game. But you know, the lads learn an awful lot from that, and they're always talking about improving and. You know, the lads getting better and what they have to work on. And, and uh, you know, so that's what they want in the league and they want to be challenged. And, you know, there might be a few more challenges on the way yet as well. You know, I think the Tyrone game, I, I keep thinking Tyrone are going to come with something at some stage, you know. So uh, that could be an interesting one as well, you know. So uh, even before the league final, it does look like it's Kerry. Uh, and, and that should be a good game of football. Yeah, indeed, I suppose. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, Cavanaugh, yeah, as yeah. fighting to, to <laughs> avoid relegation. So it'll be, it'll be tricky to go to Refugee Park. And as you say, Tyrone coming down to Crow Park, it's, it's not that many years since they beat us in the league there uh, as well. But if it's not Dublin to get to the league final, it looks likely to be one of Galway and Mayo. They met at the weekend, and I suppose Galway must be getting really bored now of beating Mayo in games. Peter Galway would never get bored of beating, <laughs> beating Mayo. <laughs> and, and likewise, I'd say if Mayo could beat Galway, Galway are on a good roll now as regards the, the Mayo games. But um, you know, I, I still think James Horden is, is, is working very hard in the background and he's, he's trying again to try and get that few forwards that he, he needs and you know, I think when he gets Killian O'Connor back in there as well, it, it, you know Mayo will be a different kettle of fish but Galway, Galway have their number at the moment and you know, uh, Kevin Walsh is playing without the likes of Damien Comerine Burke, you know, Kieran Malai these fellas will be on the team and uh, young Silk from Corrafin as well so um, you know Kevin's getting a lot of criticism Peter for the, the, the type of football that he's playing but in patches of the game the last day they played some very good attacking football and, and, and scored a massive goal so you know the the Galway are, all they have to do is try and get that blend between the defensive and attacking thing and Galway have loads of forwards so so if he gets the defence sorted out and, and that seems to be going quite well but uh, and getting a lot of criticism for it but he, you know he has a lot of forwards that he can do a lot of work with as well Yeah and no, that's kind of a point that Anthony Cunningham was making in Hyde Park after the, the Dubs game that maybe Kevin Walsh is getting a lot of criticism but when you think of their closest rivals you know they've they've had they've had the Indian sign over Mayo recently and I suppose people were suggesting that with Horn coming in, maybe that would change again. But the, the first test, he's he's passed it once again, and having to go to Castlebar on top of that. 
Yeah, the Kevin Walsh putting an awful lot of work into into the Galway team, and there's a lot of very good young footballers coming through. Like you could see the two young dailies there. Their the pedigree is brilliant there because their their father Val was one of our best footballers ever, uh, and it's great to see one of them at centre back and one at centre forward. And you know Shane Walsh playing well up there, young Ole coming into the team. So he's 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 blending in a lot of young fellas in in the team. And you see, you look at Mayo, and you're kind of saying they're dependent on the older fellas, like they're bringing on the Andy Morns and. You know they haven't succeeded like so. So uh, it's great to go from from Goldman's point of view that there's young talent coming through, and you know that's what you see Jim Gavin doing in Dublin. He brings the young talent through, and and Kevin is doing that. And and uh, you know when they get get the likes of Comer, Ian Burke, and these and the other Curran lads back, uh, fellas who are out injured. You know the, Danny Cummins came back the last day was very good for a lot of the game. So um, yeah, he's 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 getting a lot of forwards, and hopefully they'll be pushed up a little bit more near the opposition's goal and they will cause huge problems. Yeah, indeed. Another team that are, certainly are not lacking in forwards is Kerry. Um, young players coming through, you know, they're going tra- growing, showing great bottle even in games, particularly, you think of Tralee, but Monaghan at the weekend, a couple other games where they've come back at the Galway game, I suppose, and, and won. Um, Peter Keane is obviously trying to keep the hype down, but they're playing very good football and as we said, they're, they're, it looks likely that they're in the league final now. Yeah, they're playing brilliantly and, and I, I just get the impression, Peter, that the that, that Peter Kane is trying to get a, what we call a Croke Park team. You know, they're all very good, obviously skillful footballers, but they're all pacey and they all can last the pace as well. And they're all, you know, very quick and 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 they're they're playing a style of football uh, they mightn't like it in Kerry, similar to Dublin. You know, where they transition very quickly and they have fellows who can take the scores and they found a brilliant uh, free taker. You know, so uh, they will be dangerous, but you just wonder. Uh, you know, when you think of a few years ago when Kerry got to the league final and beat Dublin and Crow Park, you know, is it too early for them at the moment? Like, so, you know, but but hopefully Kerry are going to come through and, you know, the likes of Galway are going to come through and the likes of Tyrone and, and maybe Monaghan give it a last push as well. So that you, And Mayo, obviously. Uh, so you're going to get good challenges in, in, in the next few months. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the other game at the weekend was Tyrone and Cavan. Um, I suppose Cavan obviously battling against relegation. We probably expected more to kick on from the Ross Common game, but they were they were fairly well outclassed by Tyrone and Oma. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and you know, I keep thinking, you know, and I, I suppose I've been thinking it and saying it to you for the last few years that you know, with the likes of Mickey Hart in charge of the team, some people think ah oh, he should go now because you know he's, he's he's behind the times and so on and so forth. But you know, they're 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 building their team, they're changing the way they play a little bit. You know, they're becoming more attack minded. They're transitioning very quickly as well, and they're, you know they're they're trying to get kind of target men up front where they tried Matty Donnelly at full forward. The last day it was Peter Hart and you know, it's 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 beginning to work for them. The only problem with them is we don't see anybody new really coming through. Kyle Coney is back, very good footballer, you know, but um yeah, I just have a slight feeling that Tyrone might just come with something and I'd be interested in seeing the, the next game, the Dublin Tyrone game and see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely a game to look forward to on, on Saturday week. Just before I let you go, Brian, one other arguably well, Leitrim people might disagree, but the other significant result from a point of view of Leinster football over the weekend, uh, undoubtedly down in Navan. Um I suppose Meath teams <laughs> and it's difficult to say this, they probably have been a bit unlucky over the last two or three seasons with results you think of the Tyrone game last year. They went into extra time, two points down, and they managed to get the penalty, engineer the penalty, and win the game. Uh, and that's a significant result for Andy McEntee because it puts them in a great position to to push for promotion now. 
Yeah, it absolutely does, you know, and you know, no better man than Andy McEntee to to work and work and work and get his get his troops working as well and uh, pushing them really hard. He's he's a very passionate lead man, and uh, you know we know how good he is as, as a manager. We saw him here with Belly Borden, and he's 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 building all right. Like, but I mean, you know, I I suppose they need to be in Division One and they need to be getting those tests. Uh, you know, every few weeks uh, to improve them, but certainly they're improving, and you know they're showing great bottle, and 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 that's what you'd expect from an Andy McIntyre team, you know. And they stuck with it the last day. I I keep thinking Kildare, you know, with all the talent and winning the under twenty the last last year, you know that they're going to come with something. But uh, you know, Mead showed them the last day. You know, game's over when when it's over, as the fellow says. And you know, Barry Dardis got the penalty at the end, and and uh, it was a great win for them. And and you know. You know they're pushing now to get up and and be in Division One. I'm sorry, I should just give a word to Fermanagh as well because you know they were many people's favourites to go down from Division One back down to three, and now they're a point away from going up to Division One. That'd be an incredible achievement for for Gallagher and for his selectors and for his panel. When you look at the people that are in charge of that team, you know uh, Gallagher very experienced and you know very experienced with Donegal. He saw what Jim. Uh, um, Oh, Jim, I keep forgetting Jim's Jim name. But anyway, Jim McGuinness, how could you forget Jim McGuinness's <laughs> name? You know, but anyway, uh, you know he saw how he operated, and you know he's becoming a very good manager now as well. And and then you have Ricey beside him, who's you definitely uh, there's nobody going out there who's not going to give it a full shot. And you know I I kind of was involved with for Manifellas a few years ago, and they they put in a huge effort as well. You know, so it's it's fabulous for them. Delighted to see that you know again a manager who's getting an awful lot of criticism for the way he plays, but you know it's all right criticizing guys until you're in there and you see what talent you have and you have to play you know the way that it suits the talent that you have and certainly uh, for men are winning games and uh, you know winning breeds success so they'd be hard to beat they're hard to beat he set them up hard to beat and now they're getting a few forwards we're getting the scores so um, yeah it's great it's great for for men but as you say Leitrim fabulous for Leitrim as well because I see the Leitrim footballers you know training in Navistown there for years and the effort that they put in you know people forget People think that it's only the Kerrys and the Dublins and, and the Mayos that put in the huge effort, but guys in every county put in a massive effort and, and uh, they give it for their county, like, you know, so it's, it's brilliant when they get that success. Yeah, and I, again, I keep saying I'm going to let you go, but in terms of, of Leitrim, you know, there's, there's players that, I was listening to stuff on RT at the weekend, you know, there's players that might have left the panel or emigration seems to have been an issue from that area of the country and, and things like that, but, you know, every so often you need those lifts and, and it's probably an argument, again, we spoke about it on the show before, but perhaps for a tier championship because Leitrim play teams at their own level and, and they can get that success not alone that Peter you're getting good games as well and you're seeing good games of football and uh, you know because because people are capable of going out and having a right shot at winning a game and you can't beat winning winning games you know I mean going to training on Tuesday and Thursday after you win games is an awful lot nicer an awful lot easier than when you've lost games and when you're on the roll of losing games you know but it certainly it needs to I've, I've said it time and time again it needs to be tiered and it needs to be you know when you go out there you have a right chance of winning a game now there's no point in saying look uh, such a one beat uh, Dublin in a, in, a, in a game and then the next day they go out and they're wallops you know what I mean like I just think the tiered thing is, is the way to go and you know I, I think from a manager's point of view it's probably an awful lot easier to, to, to motivate your team to get your team to put in the huge effort if every Sunday they go out they have a right chance of, of winning the game you know so and, and then you know when you, when, when you get, get a load of success 
uh, or loads of wins, it, it breeds success. And then you can move up to a higher level and, and move on from there and challenge up there, you know. But I think it's the way to go. Indeed, a great weekend uh, for Leitrim. They'll have their day out in Crow Park on the 30th of March. Now, we are going to stay with football after the break, but I do have to go for a break. Afterwards, we'll be hearing from Conor McKeown. Andy Cunningham is going to be speaking hurling. We're also going to be hearing from Sarah Farley and Brendan Cooper. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Herald, every side of Dublin. And welcome back to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. Now, before the break, we heard from Brian Talty on Division 1 football, and we're going to go back there again. Earlier on this evening, I spoke with Herald journalist Conor McGowan to get his view on Dublin. The the worries that we had maybe earlier on in the after the first three games with Dublin having lost two of them seem to have subsided a bit. Maybe against slightly weaker teams, Dublin have picked up victories, which now have them in pole position to join Kerry in the league final at the end of the month. Yeah, it was kind of skewed in some ways, that beginning of the league, because um, like you have to take into account all the the mitigating circumstances. I think Dublin were probably not just a little bit behind the other teams in Division One, but they were behind where they usually are after coming back from a from a team holiday. And um, like I mean, the league is, is is earlier this year than it was two years ago, uh, and I think they took their holiday a little bit later. So there's less work done. And you know, when when two of your first three games are away in Clonus and away in Tralee. I mean, that's as hard as it gets, really. Um, so, like, I think they were always going to struggle to get points in those first three games. Obviously, the Galway game in Crow Park. And again, like, Galway were in a similar position. I think that kind of skewed that result as well. But, you know, if you look at the fixtures from from the fourth round in, I think, um, like, once Dublin beat May on Crow Park that night, it was always likely that they were going to win the rest of their games. Uh, Ross Common and away, away and Cavan away are probably bankers. Um, and the Tyrone game in Crow Park I know Tyrone have had a bit of an upsurge in form and maybe this is the this is the game that Mickey Hart has targeted for you know his team to kind of really announce themselves this spring but it's still back Dublin to beat Tyrone and Crow Park in the league game so yeah like you know people are prone to to to, to sort of react in a certain way when you see a team that doesn't lose very often losing two out of three games but I don't think it was unexpected and similarly I don't think they're kind of upturning the last few weeks was unexpected either Sure and, and I suppose like Jim well obviously even after the game on Sunday he's talking about just having two games left this spring but the way Kerry are going you know it'll be a nice game to target for, for late March uh, a Kerry team in form coming up to Crow Park and, and trying to kind of remind them who, who the, the best team in the country is at the moment Oh yeah absolutely Um you know, like first and foremost, like despite what anybody says, like not making a league final would be a big deal because, like the, the fact of the matter is, Dublin have made the last six league finals. They've made the league final in every year. Jim Gavin's reign, um, and that's an amazing statistic. But it also means that if they don't make it, it's it's something, it's something out of the ordinary in a season when I'm sure that Jim would be very keen to keep things as ordinary feeling for the beaten inside his squad as humanly possible. So, yeah, it would be a break for the Norm if they didn't get to the final. So, like, there's obviously that. Um, and then, you know, the chance of beating Kerry and maybe taking a small bit of the wind out of their sails before the start of summer, I think that's really, like, it'll be a really interesting thing if Dublin get a chance to do it because not so much for Dublin's, you know, sake, you know, nobody on the Dublin team needs to be reminded kind of, you know, what kind of a team they are uh, and, and nobody in the Dublin team has anything to prove against Kerry. But I think... You know, the questions about who will win this year's All-Ireland aren't really about Dublin anymore because, you know, we know at this stage the, the sort of levels that Dublin get to, you know, it's, it's more to do with Kerry and Mayo and Tyrone and Galway and possibly Bunny Gall. Like they're, they're the teams that have to kind of come up to that level. 
And I think if Kerry were to beat Dublin in the league final, um, it would be a huge thing for all those young players. Um, like they're they're obviously full of confidence now at the moment. But you know, if they were to be beaten by Dublin going into summer, it might, uh, you know, it might put kind of doubts in their head because at the moment it's been really, really impressive from Kerry. So yeah, like if Dublin got another crack at Kerry uh, this spring, I think it would be a more significant match than league finals tend to be. Yeah, indeed, a, a bit of promise for the rest of this month. Now, a team that's certainly shown promise at the moment are the Dublin Hurlers. Um, obviously, I suppose the standout result is, is the victory against Waterford. And in fairness, it has been a long time since Dublin beat one of those kind of traditional top teams. If you think of the last couple of league campaigns, obviously the championship last year, and narrow defeats, moral victories, if you will. Uh, but to actually beat a team like Waterford w- was good to see. Yeah, hugely significant for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, the last time Dublin beat a team that would be kind of you know ranked higher than them in the unofficial hurling rankings was uh, Cork in the 2017 league and that was kind of a bit of an aberration because Dublin didn't beat anybody else in the standard. You have to go back to 2015 when Dublin won three games uh, against Galway, Cork and Waterford um, for the last time Dublin really met those teams and that kind of eye level. So that was really significant. But I think, you know, the big thing, Dublin haven't been, you know, they haven't been spectacular or anything of the sort in any of their games so far this year. But um, the one thing that, Pat Gilroy achieved and that Matty Kenny has uh, taken on and consolidated and built on is they don't concede very many goals. Like if you go back to last year's championship, Dublin conceded one goal in the Leinster championship uh, and the next loss was uh, Wexford with four, I think, or with five. Um, and then even if you take it into this year's Welsh Cup and the early rounds of the league, Dublin were conceding less than one goal a game. And that Waterford game was a very strange game because the four goals that they leaked three of them were down to individual mistakes like kind of you know not the sort of thing that you you would worry too much about as a manager because they were kind of they were nearly freak goals to be given away so the fact that they did ship those goals and all at very inopportune times of the match for Dublin when they kind of you know tagged on a few points and built up the lead um, the fact that Dublin then sort of worked it out because it's very dispiriting to do all the hurling and to score three or four points in a row and then all of a sudden you know a kind of a soft goal goes in the other other end and takes the momentum away from you so I think that's why it was very very um, very impressive from Dublin that day like if you go into the last five six minutes of that match they came up with some very very big plays Liam Rush with a lot of ball Danny Sutcliffe was outstanding Um I thought Oshin O'Rourke had a brilliant game, really held his nerve to, to score, I think, the last four points in the game for Dublin. And even last Sunday in the mud in Parnell Park, like it was, like it was an atrocious day. The match shouldn't have gone ahead. Um, and the conditions were a great equaliser. But even still, like Dublin came back from a point down um, when you know a point deficit was actually a very significant one uh, given the conditions and kind of worked it out. Um, because that was, you know, the two big failings they had under Pat Gilroy was Dublin gave away an awful lot of scoreable frees and obviously they couldn't see games out. You know, they were ahead uh, in all four of their championship matches in the 70th minute and only won one. Uh, so I think the fact that they closed out those games and the manner in which they did so, kind of thinking their way around the around the pressure, I think is hugely significant. And I suppose May 11th is obviously the big target going down to Nolan Park and, and trying to get the victory we didn't manage in the first game last year. But... Uh, you know the manager Matty Kenny has been quite clear he, he'd like to progress as far as he can in this league and it would be great like we said with the footballers getting to the final it'd be great to see Dublin get to a qu- they're in the quarterfinal but get beyond the quarterfinal and, and play some of those top teams heading into the, the Kilkenny and Wexford games on consecutive weekends Yeah absolutely because I think you know what Dublin need is to I suppose Dublin 
they need more games, really. You know, I, I know there's an awful lot of talk that this year's league might be a bit of a phony war in Ireland because of <clears throat> you know the lessons that that certain teams learned last year. Um, and Dublin are one of those few counties in the Lee McCarthy Cup that actually play one round of the at least one round of the club championship in between the end of the league and the start of the championship. Um, and that hindered Pat Gilroy's preparations in a big way last year. But you know, at the moment, Dublin can't get enough games, particularly against the top teams. And you know, Division One B, okay. Like you know, Leash and Carlow were competitive against Dublin, but the, you know they're not of Dublin's level. So if the two teams that Dublin really needs to play well against, you know they pulled it out of the bag against Waterford, and they had a poor night down in Salt Hill when again they were mitigating circumstances. I think a lot of their players had played for the Skippen Cup only a few days beforehand. So yeah, Dublin need to play more games, and um, I think Maddie Kenny's on record as saying, look, we'll go as far into this competition as we possibly can. We're putting everything into it. And, even from Maddie's own point of view, you can see that there's a line of kind of reasoning through the teams that he picks. You know, he's constantly he's constantly picking the big players in the big positions and and, and you know tweaking the small bit and bringing players in. Um, and you know, there's you know that defence you know with the goalkeeper, it, like it looks pretty solid, but he doesn't seem to be necessarily certain just yet what his midfield combination is going to be. Uh, and then up front, I think obviously Liam Rush and Danny Suckliff are certainties. Uh, and Eamon Dillon looks like it as well and so, uh, slowly Ushin O'Rourke is kind of working his way into the team as well but again there's probably there's probably more spots up for grabs up front than there is anywhere else so yeah like a league quarterfinal is a huge game and I think the odds of the odds are that Dublin are going to be away from home for that game so it's going to be a very difficult prospect regardless of who they draw um, but with the week break this weekend I think it would be a good nick going into that game and if they could you know nick a win and get into a semi-final I think it would be a it would be a massive thing for this team's development. And our thanks as ever to Connor for joining us on the show. Now staying with Hurling, I also caught up with Andy Cunningham to get his view of those wins against Waterford and Leash. Well Andy, since I've last spoken to you on the show, two really good victories for Dublin against Waterford and then at the weekend against Leash. So maybe look at the most recent game first and foremost. A very, very wet day out in Donny Kearney and a good comeback from the Dubs to get the two points. Yes, a very, very wet day in Donny Kearney and You'd wonder when you look at the last 10 minutes of the game, you know, was there a correct decision uh, for the referee uh, to go ahead with the game because uh, he had made two inspections and the pitch was, was fairly cut up. But, uh, you know, it got very bad in the last couple of minutes, got farcical at some stage. But look, at Dublin got the two points, which, you know, you probably would have expected at the start of the season that, you know, uh, they, they probably would uh, get them two points. But uh, hard fought. Uh, look, it was dreadful conditions for both teams. And, uh, you know, they they come away with a win and, uh, you know, they're set up now for a, a good place in the quarterfinal. And as you say, I suppose the conditions were, were poor. I suppose we've, we've emphasised that, but undoubtedly uh, any team with Eddie Brennan involved in management is, is going to be coming out fired up and is going to have uh, some some very good wisdom in terms of their preparations. And, you know, Leash certainly pushed Dublin uh, for, for large swathes of the game. Well, it most certainly did, especially in the first half. I thought probably... Uh, on balance that they were probably the better side in the first half and uh, could have scored two goals only two uh, very uh, good stuff by the Dublin goalkeeper uh, great reaction saves by, the, by him but uh, yeah they, they pressed hard and I think they were a point ahead at half time uh, and looking very comfortable but uh, Dublin you know they just made a couple of switches I thought that worked big time for them uh, a couple of things went right for them in the second half but uh, yeah Limerick or the Leash have improved there's no doubt about it uh, and you would expect that under Eddie Brennan and uh, I know they were probably disappointed not to get away with two points on Sunday Yeah absolutely I suppose the other game 
you know, we think about Dublin Waterford and obviously it's early in the season and all the rest of the things that people say afterwards, but it's been a long time since Dublin have, have beaten one of the big teams. You know, you think back to last year in the league, defeats to Galway and Limerick, that quarterfinal defeat to Tip, you know, defeats to Galway and Kilkenny and Wexford in the championship and the list goes on. So to beat Waterford and for it to be so close, that was very satisfying for Dublin supporters the previous Sunday. Yes, it was it was a, it was a, a good win. Uh, I won't say unexpected, but it was obviously going to be a hard uh, half to beat. Uh, you know, a monster team coming up the Panel Park, and I, I, I thought they were well worth their, uh, the victory on the day. Uh, you know, a half time going in, leaving fourteen points. I think it was to three three. Conceded very soft goals, especially the first one, uh, and then I thought the, the other goals. Uh, the, I thought the defence. Uh, you know, just didn't uh, attack the forwards when they were coming in and let them run at them. Uh, so you look at the scoreline, 14 to 3 3, like, you know, conceding 3 3, it's not a great score. But, like, they knuckled down the second half, uh, uh, they went 5 point champ. But then Warford came back at them big time, and in fairness to them, they, uh, they you know, they, they knuckled down Dublin, and lucky in the end, probably, with that, with that, that penalty decision. But uh, I thought well worth a win, and uh, you know, they, they, you know, they do play well in Parnell Park. There's no doubt about it. You know, they're, they're trying to make it a hard, hard ground for the teams to come to, and uh, uh, a good, good victory for them. And uh, as I say, not unexpected, but uh, on the day, yeah, a good victory. And I suppose you know we know the potential that Danny Sutcliffe have, then obviously you take a year or two out of the, the top level competitive game, it's going to be difficult to get back to that level and I mean maybe arguably he's only got back to it very recently but the last two performances have shown what he's capable of doing and how important he can be to Dublin. Yes, he was he's an excellent game in, in the Warford game uh, on, on Gleeson, you know, he was, he was, he was uh, set the forward and ranged all over the, over the field. He was back to his old ways, the way he played when he got an All-Star uh, scored four points but his work rate and the way he set, he brought players into the game uh, was was excellent and as I say, shown for the ball all the time. Uh, probably wasn't as prominent in the in in, in the leash game, but I thought at a vital stage in that leash game when they're under the cosh Dublin, he got two excellent points in the matter of maybe two minutes. Probably switched the game, but uh, good to see him back in form. And I suppose we were hoping to be able to look ahead to a quarter final this weekend. That obviously isn't going to happen now. Um, in terms of those kind of situations where they they pack the the league so tightly together, and now they've had to push it back a week. Uh, you know, is, is there a better way of arranging the National League when you when you look in from the outside? Is there things they could be doing better in that regard? Well, they've been tying with it now for a number of years. You know, it is a very tight calendar. There's no doubt about it. Then, you know, probably to, to, to make things worse, you, you know, in, in between, you, you've got the the the, uh, the, the Fitzgibbon Cup. And a lot of players are, are playing a lot of matches. You know, they're getting a lot of game time. Look, it's it, it's you know, it's, it's a hard it's a hard one to answer. But uh, you know, I think the right thing was to go back. Uh, a week, but you know, like we've had the excellent weather. You know, we had a good winter. Like you'd wonder what happened if we did really get a bad winter. You know, around January and February, and there was a couple of weekends that you'd lost. You'd wonder what they do. But look, I don't think it's a great deal going back a week. Yeah, indeed, and, and I suppose when you look at it in terms of the club game, club month even being April, like is there is there a way of making that a different month? The fact that it lands in the middle means, as you say, if if we did have a bad winter or whatever it might be, you you could have a situation where by two weeks of April are maybe taken by extra games. Is that the right month to be having club games, or could it, could it, could the two seasons be completely separate? No, I, I think probably what the, the way they're going is, is probably the way, the right way. Uh, but look at you know inter county, you know it's it's probably they say it's not fair on, on the club player, and probably you know for the average club player it's probably not. But 
you know, it, 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 it's probably strangling the life out of the club game, the, 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 you know, the county scene. And like we've seen over the last number of years, not going to get any better, but it's just trying to get to get dates. It is it is very difficult. You can understand uh, the problems in you know, the CCC trying to make fixtures. But uh, I think maybe uh, probably the, the way it's set up now, I think probably is, is the right idea. That's just very funny, Andy. I suppose we don't obviously know how Dublin are, are playing yet. We know it can't be Limerick, but it can be one of the other five teams. It can be any of them. Uh, but it's likely to be a trip away and I suppose it's going to be good prep before a championship trip to Nolan Park at the start of May Yeah it all depends on the result we won't know till, till ne- next Sunday uh, I think uh, I think well Dublin have had three home games and I think uh, if, if they come up against uh, I think it's Cork, Clare or Kilkenny I'm not sure there could be a, a toss so look, look, there's no sense in speculating where it is but uh, like if they to come up against any of them home or away it'll be tough but you know, like it is good preparation. Hopefully, if they could get a win and get into the semi-final, they'd get. They'd, I think the Dublin man's going to jump at that, getting another good quality match coming to the championship. But uh, look, we won't know till next Sunday afternoon. And our thanks as ever to Andy for joining us on the show. The games that weren't played last weekend, so that's Wexford, Kilkenny, Cork, Tip, and Waterford against Galway are going to take place this Sunday, as he was saying. And I will certainly be keeping an eye on those games to see who Dublin will be playing in the quarterfinals. We already know that All-Ireland champions Limerick will be taking on Leash. And we also know that Carlo are going to be playing Offaly. That's in the relegation game. A big game for both counties uh, taking place this weekend. Now moving from uh, hurling to ladies football. Uh, there was a good victory for the Dublin ladies footballers in their league campaign. They defeated Westmead out in DCE over the weekend. And earlier on this week Suzanne caught up with their selector Circa Farley. Westmead and it was the third game of the National League. How was everyone feeling going into that game? Um, good, yeah. We we had played obviously the week before um, against Mayo and had come away with a, a good a good victory in the end. Mm. So we were um, looking forward to another game and another challenge. Yeah, uh, yeah. So everyone was in good form. And what were you expecting from this Westmead team? Um, a battle, which <laughs> we we always get. I mean, last year we played them down there in the National League. Very lucky to come away with the two points, um, and we expected the same thing on Sunday. They're, you know, they're they're getting stronger and stronger each year. Um, you know, they retained their Division One status last year, and they they're building on that. And they're they're always difficult opposition mm. to play. And what kind of what kind of were you focusing on leading up to the game? Um, I suppose we, you know, we we looked at things against. Mayo the week before that we weren't happy with um, you know I suppose like we get conceded three goals in mm-hmm. the first 20 minutes and obviously we weren't we weren't pleased with that so you're kind of focusing on on you know kind of tightening up in defence early on and getting a better start you know in the game and just trying to get better performances each week that's what we're kind of working on at training yeah, and at this stage now, the league. How is how is everyone feeling about the league so far? And looking forward, what's um, what's kind of morale like? What's the the Good, sport like? Yeah, like like um, I suppose a lot of a lot of girls that kind of were missing early on. You know, the more experienced names are slowly coming back in, and you know the the other girl other girls have been getting a chance in the league, and they're trying to to keep those positions and the new girls coming in. So there's good there's a good atmosphere, there's good competition there and I suppose the likes, you know, Noelle Healy had her first start the last day and um Sinead Goldrick came on for um the last twenty minutes. So 
you know, the other girls, you know, it's great for them to see these players back and yeah. the competition there and they're all um, really, you know, it, they're responding to that, which is great to see. Yeah, yeah. And looking forward to the game that's on uh, this or Sunday or, sorry, Saturday the 16th against Monaghan. How, how is everyone feeling going into this game? Monaghan, tough side. Yeah, again, like we, you know, last Sunday now against Westmead, obviously it was it was atrocious weather conditions, mm-hmm. which, you know, like it, it kind of stopped it being a, a free-flowing match. Yeah. Um, but like we felt the girls, they showed a lot more of the battling qualities that we'd like. I mean, that's what kind of, they dug it out in the end in very difficult conditions and that pleased us. So we'd be looking for more of the same. Again, Monaghan are another tough very tough side to play against and yeah. we'll be just looking for that you know that intensity to keep coming up we're beginning to see it back in our performances and just keep building and um you yeah. know looking for better performances each week yeah and the the great thing about the league is that Dublin you're getting the opportunity to play against teams that are not part of the Leinster setup like I, I know Westmead is but getting to meet teams like Mayo that you wouldn't be seeing until later on in the championship absolutely yeah and, and like that's what the, every every team in the league you know it's a, it's a really tough league and there's every game is is difficult and that's what you want and mm. like we as I said to you we're trying out new players and we want to see them playing against tough opposition and see how they handle that um, so we're delighted to get that like I mean we've a, get a tough game against Monaghan and then we've Cork and Galway you know really yeah. really some of the best sides in the country and that's what we, we we want to be playing against yeah and is there anyone this year that's standing out for you or that the that's you know doing great on the team um, a few like it's great the likes of Rachel Ruddy who wasn't with us last year has mm. come back in it's great to see her back um, we, we've given a lot of girls as a saying a chance um, and it's like the likes of Siobhan Colleen has been taking her opportunities and it's, it's just great to see some of the girls Aoife Kane as well just get have been getting the chance and, and really trying to to, you know, show that they're they're good enough for this level and that's yeah. very pleasing for us to see that. Brilliant. And tell me, there's about 10 days now between now and the next game. What will you be focusing on? Um, again, I suppose just just work back on the training field and trying to get, as I say, keep working on the tackling, the work rate. And I mean, the college's finals are this weekend, so there will be a lot of girls involved in that. You know, so we're just trying to to manage that and manage their workload and yeah. with the rest of the girls make sure they get good training in in preparation for Monaghan on Saturday week And our thanks indeed to Circa for joining us on the show Now last but by no means least we go to the Secretary of Dublin Camogie Brendan Cooper Firstly we'll have a look at the, the intermediate game Dublin against Leash and Leash came away at, on top of that game 110 to Dublin 6 points yeah, it's a, it's a strange game uh, because we, we failed to score it all in the first half and I think we turned over oh, something like 1-6 to no score in, in, a, in a race. Now, admittedly, we were playing against a strong breeze, but you know one would expect that we would at least register some scores in, in, in the first half, but sadly, that was not the case. And Leash were, were very much in the driving seat for the first 30 minutes, so that was no doubt whatsoever. We never really got into the game at all. Half time came, so obviously we had the advantage of, of the win in the second half, and we tacked on a, a few scores, but really and truly, Suzanne, we never looked like to, to win that particular match, and, and that's disappointing for, from from this particular from this this particular team. 
Uh, the fact that we lost our, our opium game to to um, Antrim by two points pulls under a little bit of pressure and we need to kind of get back on the straight and narrow with, with a victory over Leash. Sadly, that was not to be. Mm. Now, we have what uh, not from two games and they don't come any easier now as according to go down the league now at this stage. It's uh, something I think Shane will be a little bit disappointed on that the girls didn't perform to the best of their ability against Leash. That's no doubt. Um, so I think that was a, a slight uh, hiccup from, from a, a, an intermediate perspective. Yeah. And what do you think that they, they need to work on or what do you think they need to do to to turn this around now? Well, well basically, I mean, if you only play for 30 minutes in a game, you're, you're not very likely to, to win too many games, if, if any. You, you really need to get into it from, 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 from minute one. And certainly the first 30 minutes, they just were yeah. just non-existent. The second half was a totally different game altogether and, and we, we tried very hard. And we competed very well with, with Leach, but unfortunately the damage was in the first half. So if we're going to give opponents a 30-minute start and hope to come back from uh, 1-6 to not, not, not score at halftime, we're not going to win too many matches at that stage. So I think mm-hmm. Shane will, will probably be saying to the girls, say, listen, you know, second half performance was, 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 was fairly good, but overall, you know, more needs to be done. And the, and the more that needs to be done is to play from the word go as opposed to Start of the second half. It's it's a learning process for for these girls, Suzanne, and I say no one can teach them how to do this. They have to do it themselves, and mm. uh, just have to pull their their boots up now at this stage because there's no real time to kind of reassess. It's kind of week in, week on, week off now at this stage. Yeah, and uh, as I say, they don't come any easier. And do you think that they're they're feeling the difference of the standards going up into intermediate? Yeah, I think that's a fair comment, Suzanne. Um, no, it's a kind of a brand new team again now this year after yeah. some of them were, went up senior now this year so that will have depleted their say the ages from last year um, there's no doubt about that Division 2 Camogie is a step up again of that there's no doubt whatsoever and I think possibly the pace of the game it has probably cut some of our girls out now at this stage it shouldn't be right because I know a lot of work has gone in on the training ground to you know, competing at, at that particular level, but you know you, you can never kind of uh, no matter how many challenge matches you play, it's never as good as a competitive game. And, yeah. and these competitive games have proved to us that you know we're we're, we're a bit off the mark just yet. But you know they're young, they learn, and hopefully they, they learn quick enough that you know we, we can kind of uh, get back on the winning track at some stage. Yeah, and looking forwards, what will they be working on and focusing on? Well, I mean, their next match, uh, Suzanne, is, is away to Kilkenny this coming Sunday. Now, at the moment, Kilkenny are three from three. They're, they're unbeaten in this section. So, as I said, uh, and, and they beat Leash quite comfortably uh, two weeks ago, if memory serves me correctly. So, I mean, if we give Kilkenny the same start as we gave Leash, you know, we're going for a third time down in Kilkenny. If that is no doubt. I think Shane will probably be saying to the assistant, you know, he knows we didn't play up to our sta- up to our standards there last week, and we know we have to put in a performance this week, and that means that we've got to get stuck in from from the word go and compete for every ball. Because if we allow Kilkenny the space and the time, there's no better team in the country yeah. to kind of play good open quality, uh, and and they will capitalise on any kind of weakness that that we show. So I think it's you know compete for every ball, and then hope that we get the breaks whenever the breaks come. Yeah, and then just looking at the Kilkenny game, not a lot of time to to get ready for that. It's this Sunday and away. 
Yeah, no, it's basically every seven days, Suzanne. <laughs> that, that's how frequently uh, these uh, matches come on board now at this stage. So they have to kind of get over the the the, uh, the, the, the hassle or, or the defeat there of last Sunday mm. and get back into it straight away because you know th- there's no time to reassess except whatever they might do in training uh, during the during the coming week. I'm sure quite sure Shane will be will have certain thoughts as to what he might do to kind of help the girls along in that respect. But, you know, Kilkenny is, you know, they're unbeaten. They're the, trail, they're, they're the trailblazers at, at the moment. So yeah. it's, uh, they, they have to get back in, into the three teams very, very quickly. And no one can do it there on the field, uh, Suzanne, except themselves. So yeah. they have the ability. It's just a matter of kind of, you know, showing them on the field of play. So hopefully uh, Sunday now will be a little bit better than last Sunday. And do you think that mentally right now that they'll have to work hard to kind of refocus themselves and start new, fresh with with the upcoming game. Yeah, I think so, Susan. That, that's a fair comment now at this stage because if they're wallowing in, in last week's mm. defeat, uh, Kilkenny are not going to help the cause yeah. this, this coming Sunday. That is no doubt whatsoever. And I'm quite sure Shane would just say, listen, no, that match is gone. It's the other way. There's nothing we can do about it at this stage. We just learn from whatever mistakes we made last week and try to ensure that the same mistakes are not carried forward in the game against Kilkenny. Because, uh, as I said, Kilkenny will absolutely take advantage of any weakness in, in a team. So I think uh, compete for every ball is probably the, the mantra for next Sunday, yes, Suzanne. Brilliant. Then the Miners, they're also up in action this this Saturday against Tipperary. Yeah, the, slightly better. I mean, they had the, their first outing was against Wexford about two weeks ago and had a very comprehensive victory, uh, I must say. Um, I've been looking at a lot of Camogie games over the years now at this stage, and I thought their performance against against Wexford was probably one of the best performances I've seen yeah. in a long time from from a, from a Dublin team. They, they just the, the way they play, the way they play for one another, the scores, the catching, everything that was that you would want in a Camogie team was there on offer in the in the Wexford game. And I think you know taking on uh, we go down to the rag now. I think it is on this coming Saturday. Tipperary beat Cork in, in their first outing. So two teams are coming into the second round of, of a league and both are beaten now at this stage. I think the game against Tipperary will, will absolutely show us where we are in relation to, to winning in Ireland. Uh, traditionally, Cork will, will be very, very strong at, 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 this, at this age group. And our thanks as ever to Brendan for joining us on the show. And I'm afraid that is pretty much all we have time for on GA Sports Desk this evening. Do stay tuned. Artbeat is coming up next. But on behalf of the GA Sports Desk team, Suzanne Parker, Katie Scanlon on sound, and myself, Peter Brannigan, have a great weekend and we'll talk to you again next Wednesday evening. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin.